You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. I don't think anything was really scary back then. Um, Funny enough, because I basically, there's a day when we started Sumo where I drove to a client site in the middle of a snowstorm because they owed us $100,000 and they only paid me 10. And I had 30 contractors hundred dollars in the bank and like five bucks in my pocket at that moment. Um, and that wasn't the scary part. Um, I am married and have a kid now and that scares the hell out of me a lot. Entrepreneurs Enigma is a podcast for the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So the wins and the fails that we all face being entrepreneurs, and how we learn from adversity. Every week I talk to a different entrepreneur with a story to tell. I'm Seth Goldstein. Come with me on the journey. This is Entrepreneur's Enigma. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am very lucky today. I have Bart Moraz of Sumo Heavy Industries. Now, if you think about that, you might think they're an import-export company. They're not. They're a web software development company. Did I get that right? Mostly e-commerce. Mostly e-commerce. So, but they're the big dogs in the area. And I, I do like the name. I like their logo. There's a big sumo wrestler guy. And it, it fits. It, it, it's, a good, it's a good thing. So Bart, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Generally, I start the, I start the podcast off. I ask you a little bit about your background. So well, it's interesting. About <laughs> about background. Your background, exactly. I, I guess it's interesting because you have a very Philadelphia accent. I say water. That's right. You say water. Exactly. But you're not originally from Philly, are you? I am not. I am originally born and raised in Poland. I've lived here for 30 years now. So I immigrated when I was 12. Um, right after the German wall fell in 1989. And I immigrated in 91, 92. You have to dodge as fast as possible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of backstories and stuff like that to it. My parents actually immigrated in the 1980s here, and then eventually I came over. It was just a lot of background. There's, there's just so much behind that. that um, I'm sure. It, I, things were complicated. Don't really talk. Uh, uh, just a little bit. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, because Iron yeah. Curtain falls in 89. You know, just getting before the curtain, getting around the curtain was hard enough, you know, oh, it's a nightmare. It's funny enough. I mean, when I was uh, about a year or two, two years before the, the, the curtain fell or the wall fell, you were able to go between the two pretty easily back then, um, relatively easily. So we used to go to West Germany a lot um, back and forth. Um, so it was it's definitely you could see the signs of falling or going away, which is great. Exactly. So you came over here in 91 92 you immediately picked up the philadelphia accent for better <laughs> for better or for worse you're starting started saying water and so where did you go to college i went to temple 
I uh, applied to about three colleges. This was the only place I wanted to go to. Um, multiple reasons. They had a program I liked. And two, I needed to pick a college pretty much myself. So no loans, no nothing. Just work my butt off. Um, and it's a state funded school. So it was, you know, sort of pricing wise was good. So, <laughs> but Temple in a Philly area is pretty good school. So, so you got out, got out of college and did you immediately start on your entrepreneurial journey or did you work for companies? What, how'd that go? I started my entrepreneurial journey in high school, man. Um, between slinging candy to fake Oakleys to just about anything. Paper routes, grass cutting, snow shoveling. It's just always been the hustle in me. Just always awesome. did it. College, did tons of things. Not only, I mean, I worked like two, three jobs just to pay for college. And then inside of the school for a while. So that's part of it. Um, grew it to the largest there was. Um, you know, plenty of money in the bank, like fundraising, all kinds of stuff like that. And then always worked, always had internships in between school and summer stuff. Um, and my word, like non-traditional, everybody went into big firms. I went to tiny firms. I actually worked on, if you're around New York, you know, Path, which is a little train because Jersey to New York, mm-hmm. um, the screens. So it's sort of, sort of like Patco. Yeah, yeah, just in New York. Um, the screens that tell you time and where to train and stuff like that. I worked on that for a very long time, which I have some crazy stories from those days. I graduated in 2001, took a job in Conshohocken. Remember where the beehive used to be? Yeah. So I, I was working inside there um, for a while and I was doing technology consulting for uh, credit unions and banks. We had a little small farm that just kind of worked for those kind of things. And then 9-11 happened. Um, mm. and then everything financial went belly up, um, took me from right before Christmas to about February to find a job, found wow. a job in Cherry Hill, um, working for a travel agency and meeting planning place, which I have tons of stories for that one too, lasted about four and a half months and then quit and started my first company. Bartech Management, which was a consulting firm, and we were—I was trying to do like desktop support for small businesses. Um, one of my friends got me into Innovation Philadelphia. If you remember that world, mm-hmm. um, and then two weeks later they hired me, um, and I couldn't say no because the salary was great, benefits were awesome, and it just kind of worked out that way. So I worked there for exactly a year. That was my last full-time job. And then is that—that's when Sumo started, right? No, no. I was still consulting. I was doing that work. About that time, Indy Hall started going. Uh, Indy Hall, yeah. Cream Cheese Sessions started, um, which was we worked out of cafes, we worked out of bars, my apartment, and then we actually got a physical space. So I've been inside of Indy Hall since it started. Um, And then it just kind of like went through that iteration and started another company after that. That kind of just kind of fizzled out. Met my current business partner through Will from Sear. Oh, I love um, Will. Yeah. And then we converted into Sumo. And Sumo has been around for 11 years now. Wow. Yep. So that's a little history. <laughs> you, you've done a lot. So I'd like to ask people, because, you know, everyone knows entrepreneurship's a roller coaster. There's ups, there's downs. What is, has been the scariest thing for you in entrepreneurship? I think now. Um, I don't think anything was really scary back then. Um, 
funny enough because I basically there's a day when we started sumo where I drove to a client site in the middle of a snowstorm because they owed us a hundred thousand dollars and they only paid me 10 and I had 30 contractors, a hundred dollars in the bank and like five bucks in my pocket at that moment. Um, and that wasn't the scary part. Um, I am married and have a kid now and that scares the hell out of me a lot, making sure everybody's taken care of. And then we have a bigger company and it's longer and stuff like that. So I think it's more scary now. Um, even though I have, you know, a lot more experience. I think it's the experience that sometimes holds people backward or like scared of stuff. Because back then I was like, I had nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Like I really had nothing to lose. I had no money in the bank in debt. So that was a scary, it was a scary part, but somehow we came out of it just fine. And here we are. That's wild. So what's the, what's the most fun thing about being an entrepreneur? I mean, that's that's the more fun <laughs> question. I'm going to phrase it really weirdly. I think there's moments in time where I'm like, screw this. I'm going to go take a full-time job. And then I look at um, several of the largest clients and how we work with them. And I'm like, I could never work at a place. Um, so just having that adjustment where I can adjust whatever I want in the company, I have a business partner. So we work together on those kinds of things and then kind of, you know, kind of keeps you grounded, but you can adjust to, to what you want to do. If one day you want to, you know, be somewhere else or do another job or something like that, you can just do it. Um, so that's the fun. Um, I've always liked consulting businesses. We've built tons of products for clients, but for some odd reason, it keeps me in check of not trying to start other things because clients are interesting. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a weird sort of way of looking at it and people, you know, think that I'm crazy for liking client services. Um, but I like it. Hey, you like what you like, you know, it pays the bills and that's the key, you know? Yep. Yep. And so COVID hits and you guys were all in person at that time, right? No, right. only okay. out of 30 people, only nine were in office all the not time because we're all based out of Philly. Um, the rest of it was like all over the place. And we moved around. We moved from, you know, we started a company in Philly, moved to New York for a bit, mm-hmm. come back to Philly. Um, so we have people that work from home. Um, we have people overseas and we have clients all over the place. So COVID hit it didn't really change much for us. Yeah. We were always a remote company. We kind of knew how to do that really well. Don't get me wrong. I miss people. I'm actually in my office right now recording this and I miss having people around, Mm -hmm. but we've coped with it for a very long time. We kind of know how to do it. It sucks because I like hanging out with people and, and I need that, but rest of the crew is just great about it. It's tough, but we know how to talk to each other and we check in with each other all the time. So that's, that's always a good thing. So COVID hits, you guys are kind of ready to rock and roll still, you know, you don't really, mm-hmm. you don't really skip a beat. And so last year, how has that been? Well, last year was great. Um, we, when it hit, um, I just came back from a conference. It hit, we were going, if we can do status quo for the year, it'd be good. We probably had the best year ever. Um, you know, adjustment is a little bit, but other than that, I mean, we work with e-commerce brands. So all that has changed. Um, I think this year's a little more tougher um, for the perspective supply, of, chain, yeah. supply chain for our, for our retailers, but for us. And I think what you look at is hiring good talent all over mm-hmm. the world. It doesn't even matter if it's here or not. It's tough to get anybody anywhere. 
Because the problem is, in my opinion, is that all these companies that wanted to go digital transformation for like a plan for 10 years, all of a sudden had to do it in six months. So everybody's hiring everybody they can, which is tricky, right? Salaries are crazy and, and you know, it's kind of shortage everywhere. Yeah. So you, but you're growing though, which is good to hear. Yeah. I mean, growth is good. Um, we're trying to figure out kind of navigate the the hiring against trying to like change our services a little bit to be helpful to clients a lot better so that they can do work with what they have um, without trying to go crazy of hiring people internally. And, and that's that's sort of where we shine right now is helping clients to be more productive and process oriented so that they can do better with less people because it's tricky, right? Um, we've been always doing that. It's just, we're just more targeted now than anything else. Absolutely. So Bart, where can people find you if they want to connect with you online? Like what's the best place for them to find you? Sumoheavy.com. Um, Sumo Heavy on every single social media. Uh, Bart from Raz on just about everything. <laughs> uh, so you can find me there. Um, I'm easy to find. And if you want to email me, it's Bart at SumoHeavy.com. Bart at SumoHeavy.com. Well, Bart, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey. It's been a heck of a journey, <laughs> to say the least. It's been something and it's still going. You know, thanks so much for being on the program. And we'll see you guys next week. That was a great show. Hey, if you're enjoying Entrepreneur's Enigma, please give us a review on the podcast directly of your choice. We're on all of them. And these reviews really help others find the show. Also, if you're getting value from the show and want to buy me a coffee, go to the show notes and click on the link to help me stay awake while I bring you more great episodes to your ears. That's in the show notes, and I look forward to the next episode. Take care, guys. hopes you have enjoyed this episode. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.